You're listening to a Military Life Media podcast. Hi, I'm Beth Rayner, and this is the Military Life Podcast Parents Edition, a podcast that celebrates, empowers, and supports the parents of military kids and ADF members by building connections, acknowledging our strength, valuing our stories, and sharing information. Let's do this together. There's everyday life, then there's a life in defence. There's nothing else quite like it. And for me, there's no other bank that understands this the way Defence Bank does. With products and services tailored for ADF members and defence spouses, 30 on-base branches across Australia and an award-winning banking app, they just get defence. But don't take my word for it. Others agree, in fact, they were recently awarded Defence Services Bank of the Year by WeMoney, a unique bank for a life like no other. Visit defencebank.com.au today to find out more. Welcome to the podcast, Simone. Thank you for having me on. Thanks for coming on. We've been trying for a couple of weeks to do this and Zoom hasn't been working in our favour, but finally <laughs> we've got it together and I've got the technical skills to get this happening. So we're going to we got talk there about... in the end. I know, we're going to talk about your story <laughs> of being a spouse and being with your partner for a few years before he decided to join Defence. So I guess firstly, can yes. you tell me how long you've been together and how long Defence has been in the picture? So we have been together about 10 years. Now, in terms of being a defence family, coming up around four years, now we did have conversations about, you know, this would kind of, this is how our life would go. I'd probably say maybe defence being into our life maybe five years, including all the prep and, you know, getting our family ready and all of that. So you were together for a few years and were living your life before defence came into the picture. Yep. When you had those discussions about your partner then going forward and joining defence, was that part of the picture from when you got together or had that sort of started to come into conversations after you've been together a few years? Like how did that sort of work? So his father is in defence and has always been in defence. So he was a defence child you know, right from the get-go and he had kind of always said you know that's something that I'd be interested in I wouldn't mind doing something like that when I met him though he was a tradie so it wasn't I kind of always knew that he was going to join defense I think he just kind of hadn't gone around to it yet or that's just not where I've taken him yet things like that and we started having serious discussions so up until probably our youngest was born it had kind of been something oh you know something we might do etc but it wasn't exactly like oh in 12 months you know I'm going to go and enlist or anything like that but when our youngest was born that's when it kind of became a okay I think we're going to start going down this path and yeah it just started becoming a bit more of a regular discussion okay well what's that going to look like you know how are the kids going to go he actually went for his interview with them to start all the process when our son was maybe about four or five months old. And they actually said, look, you know, you've got a young family, maybe come back in about 12 months or so, things like that. So we did just that. 
Now, by the time he actually enlisted, our youngest was two. So a little bit of time there. Well, that's, I mean, amazing that recruiting and the people that you were dealing with had that foresight to say probably not the best time because they wanted to make sure that you were coming into defence life at the best possible time as opposed to putting extra strain on the family. Yeah, and definitely. And I think at the time, because my husband had grown up as a defence kid and hearing the stories of how it was like and things like that, we thought we had a pretty good idea about what it was actually going to be like and things like that. We knew it was going to be hard at the start. But looking back on it now, and I'm very thankful that they did, the recruiters did kind of say, hey, maybe come back and visit this, give it another 12 months, because our kids were only, you know, about 18 months apart. So we still had quite a young family. And I think it was definitely difficult when he did go for basic training and our youngest was two. I couldn't imagine just how difficult it would be, yeah, (laughs) with a two-year-old and a six-month-old. Sometimes that's not always the case where, you know, people have been given that advice or maybe Mm. circumstances are that they need to go into that stable employment straight away or that they just don't want to wait because they have other family plans that aren't going to fit with training later on. But now that you've been through the first couple of years or first four to five years, if your partner had gone ahead and done that training when you did have that under one-year-old and toddler... How could you have seen that panning out, like now that you know how hard it was even when your kids were that little bit older? Like what do you think it would have been like? It's very tricky because I want to say parts of it may have been easier. I found it really difficult because when he did leave for basic training, we had a two-year-old and a four-year-old. It was difficult because trying to explain to them something that they had never been through before, going from having dad home every night on the weekends, things like that, and then explaining, hey, dad's going to be away for, you know, he won't be home for a couple of months, trying to introduce things like FaceTime to them and not understanding we can't call dad all the time. And that was really tricky. So part of me thinks, okay, maybe if they were a little bit younger, it may have been a bit easier in a way, but then also it would have been harder on myself just given the fact of having two young children. I suppose both of it has pros and cons, to be honest, but I think I appreciate the time that we did get because we also got to really prepare. So if he had enlisted when he first tried to, I wouldn't have been as armed with as much information or probably asked as many questions as what I did given some time. You know, I really spent that time to read blogs and listen to podcasts and ask my mother-in-law a lot of questions and try to find some really good systems as to what this was going to look like and just generally have better time to prepare as well, I think. Aside from your husband's pull maybe because he was from a military family and he was feeling as though he sort of knows what to expect and what the lifestyle is and and I guess the satisfaction that maybe his parent had gotten from having that career and being in that field. What made him go from being a tradie? Because a tradie, often they're highly sought after at the moment. There's no (laughs) shortage of jobs for tradies. Why would you 
go from <laughs> nine to five or not necessarily nine to five, but, you know, Monday to Friday, tradie job, everything's sweet. Life is going well. What was the pull to go, no, but I, I really want to go to defense life and, you know, uproot that and have uncertainty and the challenges <laughs> with the celebrations that come along with defense life, but, you know, like yeah. totally change our lives completely. So, Look, sometimes I'll be lying if I said sometimes I don't think to myself, why have we done this? But I mean, essentially, I think for him, him becoming a tradie, I think that was kind of just something that he just kind of, oh, all my friends are getting an apprenticeship. Maybe I'll go down this. I think seeing his father have such a successful career, I think he kind of always looked up to that and, you know, the pride in it and all the rest of it. And I think back now, and my husband is just very suited to this life. Like it just suits him so much. I think when he was a tradie prior, it didn't, you could just tell it didn't fulfill him. He just, I don't know how to explain it. It definitely suits him more doing this. I really think it was just kind of, he would have probably enlisted sooner if we hadn't have met. I think kind of when he met me, He was just finishing off his apprenticeship because he just figured, well, you know, I have to finish what I've started here kind of thing. And I think if he hadn't met me, he probably would have enlisted back then. But obviously we got together and then, yeah, life just started happening. We had our daughter and then it just kind of snowballed from there. You obviously can't speak for your husband, but do you think that he also has the thought that even though he could have been on this path earlier and maybe that would have completely changed his life maybe you guys wouldn't have met and maybe wouldn't have had kids and he would have been in defense for however long and gone on that path but do you think in the end actually delaying and not going straight out of school and going into defense that way does your husband look back on it and go actually it was probably good that I had that life experience and now I know that you know I really want this career and what I want out of it Yes, so definitely. So one thing, because obviously he enlisted when he was a bit older, so he would have been 25 when he enlisted. So essentially coming into defence life at that age, you kind of know what you're wanting to get out of it. You have your purpose while you're there. I feel like one thing he noticed straight away was a lot of the guys he was going through basic training with were a lot younger. And one thing I suppose it always kind of, I hear about a lot is a lot of people, they go in, they do their time and then they leave. And I suppose maybe there needs to be more information given about that or I'm not quite sure. There's a lot of them that I do find, you know, they go in, they do their four years and then they're on to other things. And maybe it's because they're kind of realising maybe this isn't going to work with family, et cetera. But I do feel like my husband is thankful that he did go in a little bit later. Like you've mentioned, you were going into it with the knowledge that he'd shared with you from being a military kid and being in a defence family. You had your mother-in-law, you've done all the research. But with all of that, and being that extra bit prepared than what some others might be, what was your expectation of what defence life would be like and then what was the reality of it once the dust settled? I had no idea what I was getting myself in for. 
I really thought that I had done all the research. I had armed myself with all of these resources and what to do in this situation and how we would handle this. And, you know, I thought that there was nothing that I hadn't thought of or missed. One thing I think I overlooked was just how much that hole in the family would feed, like how much it was actually going to affect us missing him him missing out on things like the children's birthdays our anniversaries all of those things I think in your head you can go oh yeah but it's only for a such and such amount of time and you go oh yeah you know they'll be back before you know it and all the rest of it but when you're actually in the thick of it it's really hard to I suppose stay strong and see that light at the end of the tunnel I think especially when he went for basic, we had gone into it thinking, oh, you know, we'll go over once every six weeks. You know, we had kind of worked out, oh, he'll probably get a a day or a weekend off about then at basic and the rest of it. And, you know, we'll go over so it won't feel so long. But of course, when he enlisted was at the start of COVID. So, you know, I remember when he when they took him on the bus and I said, oh, I'll see you in six weeks. It was actually eight months until he was home because of COVID and the border closures. So one thing I had not anticipated was just how hard it was going to be with the kids missing him, with me missing him. The expectation versus reality was very, very hard. Yeah, of course. And that's the unpredictability of defence, but, you know, no one could predict with COVID as well. But (laughs) the fact that, you know, you probably had in your mind, like, and you do get like that when you're in living defence life is, okay, little milestones, let's break it down. It's this long until we might hear from him. It's this long until we'll see them, that sort of thing. And you had in your mind like, okay, well, it's only six weeks. I just need to make the six weeks and then we can deal with whatever comes after that, but let's just make the six weeks. But yeah, that actually might've helped you thinking that it was six weeks and then the finish line or the goalposts kept getting moved because of COVID. It was just that you had to get to the next one sort of thing and sounds like it would have been much easier going into it thinking it was six weeks as opposed to thinking it was eight months because that's just huge. Eight months compared to six weeks is huge. But even then I think back and I even just the initial before the border closures, even that six weeks was still so much harder than I thought it was going to be. I think realistically you can only prepare yourself for so much in these situations. But I mean, in saying that, it was also little things like, I think the biggest thing was just not going from seeing him every night and having him home to not being able to talk to him whenever I wanted or being able to have that phone call at the end of the day, that was hard. And I mean, obviously, basic training, that's just what it is. You can't really change that. But yeah, it was definitely, it was a it was a big shock to the system. You mentioned earlier that in some ways it was easier that they were older because not as it's not as taxing as having, you know, basically a newborn and a toddler kind of thing. But in some ways it was harder because then they knew that dad was gone and, you know, all of a sudden two parents went to one parent and you're having to explain that you can only talk through FaceTime and all of that sort of stuff. So what sort of tools did you use to help you explain to your kids about what was happening and and was there anything to walk you through what sort of emotions they might be feeling and how best to support them? Like how did you even deal with what they were going through aside from all the stuff that you were going through? The kids was definitely the hardest part. I think with any defence family will tell you that. It's always the kids that are the hardest part because they're essentially missing a parent, you know, and especially when they're little like that 
our eldest, you know, I say eldest, but she was only four. With her, I could talk. I try, We tried to talk openly about with the children about what was going to happen. So, you know, leading up to it, we would talk about what that would look like, what would happen, what dad was going to be doing and where he was going to be. You know, we brought up maps and things like that and we talked all about it, what it was going to look like at the end when he did come home and all those kind of situations. But in terms of supporting the children, when they're that young, it's very, very hard. You know, I did get, they're called daddy dolls made up. So I got a picture of him, put on one of them for bedtime. We managed to get, it's kind of like a poster and it had just a general variation of what he was going to be doing every day at basic training on it so each day at the end of the day we would tick it off and I would talk with the kids about what dad was doing and things like that I would try and find books about when parents are away and things like that it's actually funny there was a bluey episode called army that came out around the time that hubby was at basic training And I found it really helpful for my kids to relate to it. It's a really good episode. And even now, sometimes I'll put it on for them, even though a little bit older, but just tools like that. But it is, it's really hard because kids react differently. I found my daughter, you know, she was sad, but she would talk to me about times when she was missing dad and all those kinds of things. And we would have a list. So I would have a note on my phone and every time something would happen or dad want to tell dad something, we would write it on the note on my phone so that next time we spoke to dad, we could go off the list. And I felt that made them feel like he wasn't so far away. And I also think it helped him to feel like he wasn't missing out on so much as well. Uh, Our youngest was very, probably hit him the hardest though. We did have quite a few issues just because he was at the age where he knew dad was gone, but he didn't quite comprehend dad will come back. Dad will be back in three months or four months. Time is a bit beyond them at that age. So trying to explain to him, you know, dad is coming back. It's just he's away at the moment and sometimes we get to see him on the phone, but that was tricky. And do you feel like there was any impact on the bond with your youngest and your husband in regard to when kids are under the age of five, that's when a lot of their growth happens, they're bonding with their parents or their, you know, parent figures or carers happens. Do you feel like there was ongoing consequences for that in regard to separation anxiety or transitions for when your husband does go away and, you know, even though he's coming back, like how have you found that in the the years after your husband finished his training? Our youngest, I wouldn't say it affected their bond at all. When dad's home, it's all about dad. They've forgotten about mum. There was a few behavioural issues, but I think that stemmed from just the lack of understanding what was going on. And we actually, I actually took him to see an OT just for some guidance around how to better assist him. And I found that really helpful because you know they basically just reiterated that we needed to remind him a little bit more that dad is coming home dad is coming home and just you know because obviously they're so small their attention spans are very short and yeah but I did find with our eldest she did have separation anxiety around me so even after dad got back from basic I was finding when he would go away again you know, in the morning when she would go to childcare and then even when 
she was going to school, the separation anxiety about where I was when I'd be picking her up, that was quite severe. And we did have quite a few hard months with her. And it actually with her, surprisingly, one thing that actually helped her was I bought her a watch and I had to tell her every day what time I would be picking her up. She was still anxious in the morning and it would still be a bit tricky, but it wasn't as severe. Doing all of those things in the in the long run helps you and her and your children cope with whatever's happening at home and when dad's away and and helps you with the behaviors that then have come from that or you know the anxiety sort of thing but it's still a lot on your shoulders to manage those things and to understand what's going on and then to seek the treatment or the you know the the tools put the tools in place or to get on an OT list and all of that sort of stuff yes one thing I do find a bit frustrating with defense is I feel like there's so many things that are this big secret I feel like I'm forever you know along the way you learn about oh there's something else that's there to support family or there's something else that's this and you know it just feels like everything's a big secret sometimes and you hear a lot of stuff from word of mouth you know perfect example defense counselors I wasn't aware that um, our daughter's school had a defense counselor for a couple of months and ever since finding that out both our children are now in school but I find the defense mentors at school very very helpful particularly those times when dad is away letting the teachers know letting them know to check in on them more and just yeah those kinds of niche things that they don't really tell you at the start yeah like you said seem to find out from word of mouth or just happen to stumble across it you're like what why is this such a big secret why is it yes (laughs) yeah so you know in saying all of that how did your husband end up going because you know he obviously had in his mind well I'm going to go away to basic and I'll see my we're planning on seeing each other in six weeks time and then he was eight months apart from you because of COVID and all of that you know obviously he's busy doing basic training and all the things that he needs to do to get through training and become an ADF member but it doesn't still mean that he's not missing you guys and missing out on what's happening at home how did he go with being apart from you guys for that long he definitely struggled he was definitely a lot stronger than I about it but one thing I said before how I was creating that note on my phone as like a checklist for things to remember to tell him the reason that came about was actually because he'd been away for a couple of months I think it was he'd just finished basic and he was going on to the next training obviously for his job specific training and you know he had his phone back and we were facetiming a lot more and he was FaceTiming with our son and our son started singing the alphabet. Now, when he had left, our son was not quite three yet. And then at this point, obviously, you know, he was three and a half, three and a bit. So there's big changes that happen around that time in kids. Basically, when he would, he had left, he was, you know, this little toddler and by this he was talking more. And um, my husband actually said to her phone back and I could hear the I suppose the heartbreak in his voice he said how long has he been singing the alphabet for like his talking's got so good and I could see that that really affected him and it made me think oh wow I I suppose up until then I never actually realized that whilst it's hard on me and the kids it would be so hard on the defense member being away from home being away from the kids you know sometimes I want to pull my hair out trying to do the solo parenting thing but then I think at least I've got the kids I don't know I think it would be harder on the other end of it to be honest but 
I think it's just so important keeping the communication lines open and just, yeah, remembering to check in with them as well. I will admit I'm very guilty for it. I will vent to my husband and rant and tell him how, you know, if I've had a really bad week and all the rest of it when he's away, but I never really think to ask about, oh, well, how are you actually coping with missing out on birthdays and the things going on at school and all those important things? Because like on his end, it's not necessarily the case where the defence member is connected in with the supports and services or doesn't have a DSM to call on or any yes, of those yeah. sorts of people that they might necessarily seek support from to deal with that stuff on the other end. And they then on their end don't want to put too much of their stuff on sometimes, I'm just assuming, don't want to put so much of their stuff on you because they are getting that feedback that it, it is a hard juggle for the family back yeah. home missing the defence yeah. member and that even though the defence member might be struggling, they might feel like their issues or their challenges aren't as, as hard as what it is for the family back home. Yeah, definitely. And I do I do often feel guilty because it is so much of we do get a chance to talk and he's like, how was your day? And I'm ranting and raving about the stress and all the rest of it. And you're right, they don't want to add more stress by saying, oh, well, I'm actually really struggling today too. Like I'm really missing you. I'm really missing the kids. I'm really coming home. And a lot of the time it's not like they're doing fun things. My husband goes out field and all the rest of it. And I just, yeah, it is, it's hard. Definitely a juggle and an adjustment, especially when you've gone from being a civilian couple to a defence couple. Like it's, you know, it's a hard transition. And a lot of our friends and family thought we were crazy. And I suppose, yeah, at the time it probably was. But now I I feel very thankful and there comes a lot of pride with it. And I think the biggest thing is just seeing how proud the kids are of their dad as well. That's one thing that really makes it seem worth it. And also seeing him be so fulfilled as well. Yeah, it definitely makes up for it. So can you tell us where you're posted at the moment and what field your partner actually works in and does, you know, will it in the future take him away outfield a lot or will he get deployed? Like how will it sort of work? So we are posted in Adelaide. We are an army family. In terms of posting, we did get posted to our hometown out of his training and I believe at this stage postings won't really be an issue given this time in his career and job role but that's not to say it might not be an issue in a couple of years so in terms of the posting obviously we uh, our hometown was our top preference um, and we were fortunate enough to get that but I do definitely you know obviously it always is in the back of your mind it's never uh, just because we we don't have to worry about posting at the moment doesn't mean it's not going to be something that is an issue in the future and I suppose it's just kind of what that looks like and all the rest of it it would be difficult for us at the moment given our youngest has learning difficulties so we would need to find OT and all the rest of it but I suppose you know like everybody else you just would have to make do and I suppose I'm fortunate enough with my job I would be easily able to move, but again, others aren't always so lucky to be able to stay in their same career. What would be some of the possible posting locations? Is there anything sort of on the list where it's generally here, here and here, or is it just don't even have any idea of where you might possibly go if you were posted out? Oh, you're testing me now. I think it's Townsville, Brisbane and Darwin. I think they're the other options. So totally different from Adelaide. <laughs> so yes, <true>. yes. 
So in saying that, it's like you mentioned, there's pluses and minuses with your kids being littler or with them being older with your husband yep. going away to basic. There's pluses and minuses with staying and being posted in your hometown for the first couple of years of defense life. And there's, yep. you know, minuses to that because then I guess you get that security of, oh, it's not so bad, but you also get to get your head around what defense life is and settle into it and then go into a, a posting away from friends and family and totally setting up yeah. in a different location. Yeah. But then you also are then introducing the the concept of moving and all of that side of things to your kids as well, a couple of years yes. into defense life. So how are you sort of approaching it? Do you think it was a good thing that you could settle into defense life or like what are the pluses and minuses you were seeing with not being straight away posted out from your hometown? When obviously we had a lot of discussion around posting because obviously that just comes with defence life and I know we are very, very lucky that we have not had to go through this. Like I said, we did have a lot of conversations around it and I was open to moving. Obviously we owned our house before he joined so there was that drama. It wasn't like we could just up and move but I was thankful and I was surprised Defence did actually take that into consideration when they picked the posting. They did consider, okay, well, are your children at school? Do you have a mortgage? Does your wife have a career? Those kinds of things, which I do think sometimes, whilst I think sometimes Defence cannot always feel family friendly, I do think that when they can, they do really try to honour that. But back to when we were kind of open to posting, I do think Wow, that was so naive on, of me to think that it. I just couldn't imagine going through all of that and then uplifting straight away, which like 99% of families and people do. I think at this stage, if we had to post out, it would be a bit difficult. I think we would have to have the conversation of hubby moving first and then us moving later just because the kids, the school year and all the rest of it, and mainly with our son's therapies, that would need to be organised before we come over. Um, and just, yeah, it, I am open to it, but we don't have to. And obviously we would like to stay where we are, but I'm sure everybody says that. <laughs> but like you mentioned, it might not be a, a thing that you need to think about for a couple of years. So just, yeah. ah, just put it back to the back of my mind. Yeah. yeah. Because, you know, yeah. you could worry yourself sick into thinking about all the different possibilities. And in the end, you would know from defense life that you can't yeah. control any of it. You know, you can have a say to, to a certain extent, but you don't have control over it. And what you think is going to happen may not happen and it could be something totally different. You just don't know until it's been decided. And then even sometimes when it's been decided, it changes. So, Yes. And that is one thing that it has really taught me since becoming a defense family is you cannot worry yourself sick about something that may or may not happen because it's just, it's forever changing. There's forever, oh, yep, I'll be home that month. Oh, wait, no, we're leaving next week. You know, it's just, it's always all over the place. But I do think it teaches you to be a bit more present and to just appreciate the small things. The sooner you can kind of settle into defense life and have the approach of, you know, I'll worry about it when it happens or I'll think about all the different possibilities for those different situations, but I won't let it control my life kind of thing, the better. 
I guess the experience yeah, <laughs> so yep, you yep. kind of come around to that thinking <laughs> you can fight it for as long as you want but <laughs> defense always yeah. wins with that yes yes so you mentioned that some people go into defense thinking okay well I'm just going to do my minimum time or I want to do it for an experience or I want to do this this and this posting because you did come into it and you mentioned you already had your house you'd already started a family and your husband had had a career you've got a career you've kind of got established lives going into defense life and you mentioned that you knew kind of what you wanted to get out of it or it was because you've had that life experience you were appreciating the experience a little bit more did you go into it thinking okay well here's the plan let's do it for 10 years and we want to be able to see this location and we'd love to go here and maybe we could get an overseas posting or whatever it is but did you go into it with a plan of what you want your family to get out of the experience not necessarily when we did start this journey you know we never really had a conversation about oh this will just be for five years or ten years or anything like that when we started it it was okay, we're going to be a defence family until he retires kind of thing. But I do think lately I have kind of been thinking, well, that's a big call to make because we don't know what life's going to look like in five years or 10 years or the rest of it. And I do see, I can definitely see how the strain of it all can definitely take its toll. I wouldn't say we went into it with any expectations about, oh, we'd like to post here, there or anything like that. I think ultimately when we did start, it would kind of be like, oh, well, it would be nice to kind of, you know, live in different cities or things like that. And I suppose, again, being naive about it. Yeah, I think it's just one thing as well, which you just think mainly for him is just the experiences that he gets out of it as well. In saying that, did you have any discussions about if Defence Life is no longer working for your family or that it was putting a strain on, you know, the kids or you or impacting your career or or the family unit? Have you discussed about, okay, well, that would be when we decide to go a different way or uh, I would definitely leave defence if it was impacting us in this, this and this way or have you sort of not really had to have those discussions yet? We check in with each other quite regularly about how we're feeling and things like that and if it was making a big impact on or enough of an impact on the kids or myself that it was kind of like we can't do this anymore of course we would have that discussion about okay what are we doing moving forward fortunately we haven't really had to have a serious discussion about it but that's not to say that it might not come up at some stage and I think in this kind of well I think when you are a defense family you do need to be open to the fact that when there's so many people affected by this you do have to go okay well it has to be working for everybody if I really started to see it negatively impact the children then we would need to have a discussion about, okay, what are we doing here? With that in mind, what is your field of work and how easy, you mentioned that you would probably likely be able to take your career with you if you did have to post, like how easy would it be for you to find work in different locations with the field that you work in? So I work in allied health and when he first left, I was studying at uni to do something very different. And then when he did leave, I kind of realized, hang on, this isn't going to work. So now I've swapped out and I'm working in the field that I'm working now. So if we were to get posted probably at the end of the year, I would need to stay back for a short period of time because 
I haven't exactly finished yet. So there's still some things that I need to do to be qualified, so to speak. But essentially, the field that I work in would be a bit tricky for me to get another job in if I was posted at a small country town. There wouldn't be a lot of work, I could imagine. There might be one or two clinics. But if it was, you know, say Darwin or Brisbane or Townsville, I think that would be fine. In saying all of what we have said, obviously we spoke about supporting the kids through the transition of having dad home and then him being away. And like you said, often the needs of the kids and the the family come before, you know, the partner and sometimes the defence member. But what was the transition like for you and your relationship? Like did things change with the relationship? Did the dynamics change? You've mentioned that you have been very conscious of keeping communication open and things like that. But have you found that there's been some changes in the way that you are a couple? I think, yes, it's hard to pinpoint exactly what, but I think, yeah, it it has changed and I think it had to change because, I mean, realistically, I wouldn't say our communication was ever bad, but to be able to do this, you really need to have some good communication lines to check in with each other to be able to talk about things that may be uncomfortable as well, especially when they're going away for months at a time and you may not always be able to talk to them. You know, that can be quite tricky. And we've actually just come off our first deployment, so we couldn't talk to him all the time. And that was that was a change again. Um, usually when he goes away, I you know get to talk to him every couple of days. But I think one thing as well is I feel like it can be easy to... As the defence spouse that's at home with your defence member away, away, it can be easy to kind of feel sorry for yourself. And when you do talk to them, it can be easy to be like, oh, poor me, and I'm the one dealing with this and all the rest of it. But it has made me go, well, hang on, I've got to think about him a bit more too and how he's feeling and try to find that balance. Previously, your partner had gone away for training and then the follow-on training after that, some field exercises, but you just mentioned he's just gone away on his first deployment. So did that sort of solidify for you guys that, oh, we really are a defence family and, you know, I guess instill that connection to the cause and go, okay, well, this is actually what it's all about. Okay, he's actually gone away and done a deployment and this is a real deal now. Yeah, so... It's tricky because, you know, obviously we've been we've been doing this for almost four years and he's just gone on his first deployment. So and obviously because we haven't posted anywhere, sometimes you think, Oh, well, you know, we don't feel like a real defence family. But then it's also especially the last two years, he's been away more than he's been home. So that kind of it gets tricky because people ask questions like, Oh, you know, is he overseas, things like that. People don't really understand it. But this year, him getting this first deployment, it was wow, this is you know, this is the real deal here. This is kind of this is what it's about, I guess. So, yeah, it, it was different. I can't explain it. And, you know, I've read articles and I listen to podcasts and all the rest of it and all the defence spouses have kind of said there's something, there's a different feel to a deployment. And that's the thing, you know, I always talk with the kids about one thing I'm, I really put an emphasis on is, you know, when you grow up and you get a job, your job is essentially contributing to the community. Every single job has a place in the community. doesn't matter what it's doing, this is dad. And just coming off the back of our first appointment, that was the time when I said to his, I was like, you know, he's really giving back this time. This is what it's for. You know, we have to feel, you know, we have to be really proud of him for this. I suppose it was a little bit 
easier explaining it to them this time. I remember reading somewhere when we were going into this, someone saying, you know, your first couple of years will be the hardest because there's going to be a lot of fields. There's going to be a lot of courses while they really cement into what they're doing and things like that. And I definitely, when I read that, I didn't realize just the weight of that. But look, like thinking back on it now, like, yeah, it is, it is definitely, it is very busy for the first couple of years, but I suppose it feels like they're just training to do something that they haven't actually got a chance to do until they go on their first deployment and then that's what it all kind of equates to you're posted and you know while your partner was away on training and the first posting you're still in your hometown so you've had that support network of friends and family but you had also mentioned that you know it was like a treasure trove of finding the different supports like finding out about the defense school mentor and the the different yeah. things that are available through defense <laughs> at what point did you start to think okay well i should connect in with these supports and services or there's only so much support that my friends and family can give me but they don't quite understand what defense life is like so i'd like to connect in with spouses or did you make any conscious effort to i guess connect in with any supports and services that were defense specific I do utilise the defence mentor for my children quite religiously. I'm forever emailing her, keeping her updated and things like that because, you know, obviously that affects the children. In terms of support services for myself, no. I do have one defence spouse that I've made friends with and it's funny going into this I always felt a bit excluded being you know one that works full-time and all the rest of it and not being able to relate to them because we did get posted to our hometown but ever since finding one that I can call a friend it really makes the world of difference just knowing that someone is going through the same thing as you and I just think it is something that maybe you know go to the play groups and go to those group things that they're always posting about on the Facebook groups because I do think that you do get something out of it yeah definitely there's just something different to a civilian friend who can empathize with you but yes but someone who's actually going through it and can relate and yeah, it makes you feel less alone. What do you do for yourself or to help yourself during those times when you are solo parenting and you are sort of on your own? Because, you know, obviously once everyone's in bed and everything's been done and you're sitting at home by yourself, like is there anything that you do to make sure that you're looking after yourself or making things easier for yourself? This is something that I think will always be a bit of a struggle, no matter how much I, you know, would like to say, oh, yeah, you know, I do it, I do this and I do that and always look after myself. Sometimes it just does not happen. And the truth is you will always look after the kids and the house and everything else, but you will always be the person that misses out when you're too exhausted. But one thing that I can honestly say now is I am mindful of when I know I'm getting to a point where I need to put me as a bit more of a priority. So things like I really struggle with because I feel like life is so crazy between kids sports and work and school and, you know, kids therapies and all the rest of it. I don't know how to shut down like I don't know when to okay I can relax now so one thing I've realized is while a routine is so important for the kids 
it's also just as important for me. So for example, I know when we get home on a Saturday afternoon, I know that's my relax time. And I schedule a hot bath exactly like I would a doctor's appointment. I'd leave no leeway with that. And just I think little things that I I think it's something you work on every time, to be honest. Like last, obviously just on the back of the last appointment, I really made a conscious effort to do something little for myself every day. Even if it's something so tiny like waking up 15 minutes before the kids and sitting with my coffee in peace watching the morning show or just something little like that because I feel like it's so easy to get caught up in taking care of everybody else that it's not until all of your engine lights are on that you start trying to crawl out of this hole. One thing that I find helps me, and that's not going to work for everybody, but I've noticed being able to plan how the week is going to be helps me so that I can help myself. So for example, Tuesdays, Wednesdays and Thursdays, we have kids sport. So I know, okay, I'm not going to be planning on cooking, you know, this extravagant meal that night. It's just quick, simple, like just little things like that, that has probably taken me longer to work out than it should have. Just always trying to be mindful of how can I help my future self tomorrow to make this easier, to make the load feel not as heavy. You do kind of have to give and take and go, okay, yes, us having sausages and bread tonight isn't very nutritious, but the kids are fed and they're going to get a better version of mum. Compromised, forever compromised. That's right. And then at the end of the week when you realise that everyone's still you know, the world didn't end because you had sausages on bread or two minute noodles or whatever it is. Like (laughs) you're just like, okay, well, the world didn't end and I didn't have to push myself and dinner wasn't an hour behind. And then the kids still, you know, the kids ate it as opposed to me fighting them. Like, you know, there's all pushes and pulls and you just realize, well, actually, if, if the world was still okay at the end of that week, then it's okay for me to take those little shortcuts to make sure that everyone's okay. Like, yeah, because real, and I think it's also just accepting there's only so much that you can do. It's taken me a long time to realize that you can't do everything. And sometimes you, there are days where you just need to check in with yourself and go, Am I actually really up for what the day has planned? Or do I need to relax a little bit more because I am feeling like that burnout is coming on very quickly? Well, thank you so much for coming on the podcast, Simone, and telling us about your journey to becoming a defence family and your first deployment and upcoming possible posting somewhere other than Adelaide and all that that might entail. Thank you so much for having me. I so hope you were able to relate or take something away from today's episode. There are definite ups and downs to military life, but let's get the conversation happening so we can see that we are all in this together. We are all just doing our best. So until next week, you got this. Let's do this together one day at a time. Thank you so much for tuning in. If this episode has touched you, helped you, or given you that extra confidence to keep going, to continue to hold down the home front, to continue to do all the things, I would so appreciate it if you could pop into Apple Podcasts and subscribe to the podcast and leave a review, a comment about what you would like to hear more of, or just some encouraging words. If you want to suggest a guest, I am always looking for new people to talk to. You can do that by jumping over to the website and clicking on our podcast page. I would love to hear from you. 